This is a Pivotal Conversations podcast. That there's a wrecking ball coming for startups. If you don't have a product or service that's in demand, like it's, it's a nice to have, but it's not, I don't fucking need it. You're in a bit of trouble. Is talent an opportunity for startups, you know, um, and, and companies that can bring on um, and can hire during this time? It's almost a complete 180 compared to 12 months ago. The skill set of selling something profitably, you know, like you can sell something, but can you actually then deliver on it profitably is another one that, that I think is like, True. it's like, that's huge. Well, a lot of founders lose money, especially when they're selling a custom service. If it's too custom, you start giving things away for free. So this is what you get. This is the pizza box. This is what you get in the pizza box. Final verdict then for, for, for founders, people in the startup yeah. right now. What's the final word from you? What it really means to live like golden. Yeah, we're golden, baby, we're golden. They're about to see it shine, cause we're golden. They can never break us down, cause we're golden. They're about to see us glow, cause we're golden. Before we dive into the episode, I just want to say a massive thank you to the Startup Diaries community. We just surpassed 200 reviews on Spotify, which is a huge milestone. If you had a said that this is where we would be when I first started, I probably would have laughed in your face. Uh, but the reason that we've been able to grow and have so many amazing guests on is because of you guys tuning in every week and supporting the show, whether that's with reviews, liking the videos, commenting, sharing on socials, all of that stuff really, really helps. Uh, and we do plan to take things to the next level this year. Um, we have some massive plans. I can't share those with you right now, um, but if there is something that you can do to continue to help support the show, it's definitely hitting the subscribe button. Uh, and we look forward to sharing our plans with you in the future. All right, we'll get back to the episode. Nick, welcome back to the podcast. Mate, good to be back. I um, short, short notice as well, actually. Yeah, I, I was only here a couple of months ago. <laughs> I know, I know, but it's it's there's there's good reason. Um, I seen you being quite vocal uh, on LinkedIn <laughs> yeah. about. There's been a few posts, but um, it's something that I've been keeping a pretty close eye on myself. Um, and I feel like there's a lot of coverage on this stuff, you know, in the states, and you hear it, you know, that there's like a lot going on there. But I feel like Australia. Um, not that it, we're not vocal and it's not there, but it's, uh, you know, for startups and, and founders, you know, there's not enough um, commentary uh, on, yeah. on, uh, on this kind of thing. So you mentioned the, that there's a wrecking ball uh, coming for <laughs> startups and, and, you know, founders have to be aware of I've been saying that for a while as well. I've yeah. been saying it for about two years now um, that there's a wrecking ball coming for startups. And if you look at the history, 91, there was a recession. 2000, the dot-com crash. 2008, the GFC. So what goes up always comes down. And it was driving me fucking mental that all these stops were valued at ridiculous valuations and not even profitable. And there's always going to come a time where you can't continue to raise. So you do Series A, Series B, Series C. And as you know, I was quite vocal online saying, guys, you've got to find a path to profitability. Like you've, you've got to find it. Otherwise, when the crash comes, and it's coming, you're not gonna be able to raise money and you're basically out of business. So what's happening now? A lot of startups, especially in the US, they can't raise money at the moment because obviously Silicon Bank has crashed, the Signature Bank has crashed, venture capital is basically struggling to invest in these startups, so what's gonna happen? A lot of startups are going out of business right now. Can you, so like, when you talk about this path to profitability, I know yeah. we spoke about it last time, but yeah. can you talk about the relationship between, you know, the good times where rates are at zero, basically capital's flowing through the economy, yeah. you're getting away with a lot more and basically it's growth at all costs compared yeah. to we're obviously seeing the economy basically shift on a dime. Like yeah. it's, you know, in less than 12 months, it, everything's kind of just completely, you know, shifted and, um, you know, it's, it's not the, what we just talked about where money's not flowing through the economy, people have less to spend and yeah. so on. But talk about that relationship in terms of, okay, growth at all costs, we can afford to not be profitable um, and keep driving growth and keep driving growth to now, you know, now we need, you know, we need to be cash flow positive. Yeah. So you look 12 to 24 months ago, there was a lot of free cash. The government was handing out money. <laughs> I was <laughs> waiting nice, for that. Nice like <laughs> the, the government was handing out all this free money. Obviously, the handouts have stopped. 
and then interest rates have risen dramatically and why because of inflation and they need to stop or need to minimize inflation because people earning fifty thousand dollars a year are going to struggle to purchase things so i understand why rates are rising but if you look at the the bank um, silicon valley bank let's find out let's discuss why they crashed so silicon bank was investing a lot of money into government bonds and then a lot of venture capital firms go shit no i need my money to invest in these startups because the startups need funding so then the, tr the bank had to sell a lot of their bonds at a loss and people got wind of that and then they started pulling their money out of the bank and then the bank couldn't handle the uh basically the refunds or the the, the hands out the handout of the money and then it crashed so now you got the biggest bank in silicon valley out of action these venture capital firms can't give the money to the startups so then the startups go shit i need to survive by myself you can only raise so much money from friends and family so what do you do you need to find a path of profitability and a lot of startups i've invested in over the past six years we mentioned this earlier i always get a quarterly report from most of them about hey guys we're doing this we're doing this and these are the financials and usually i write back hey um great work and what you're doing but you need to find a path to profitability. You need to cut your costs. There's one business I invested in. Their cash burn is about 120,000 a month. Their revenue is about $1,000 a month. And it's been like that for about two years. I'm like, you can have the best product in the, in the world, but if you can't actually generate revenue, there's gonna come a tipping point or a crescendo where you can't raise more money. You can do a series A, a series B and a series C. And they're at Series C right now, and they hit me up for money last week. And I said, no, 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 I, I'm not, I'm not going to say I told you so, but I've been quite vocal about you're going to crash and burn. And then you're going to lose your job, or your staff are going to lose their jobs, and then the business is going under. And then all the investors have lost their money. And that, that really pisses me off. When the investors lose their money, when they've invested in you, they've trusted you with their money, and the money's gone. I had an example yesterday, funnily enough, so I'm going a bit off topic here, but I, I invested in a business in 2017 uh, into a business called uh, Gourmet, uh, Gourmet Wine Traveller. Uh, it was called Winecraft, and it was run by Stan, I mentioned his name, Stan Saris. And he kept telling me the business is fine, there's no issues. I read in the paper yesterday, it's going into administration. Didn't tell me. To me, that is bloody disgusting. Like you've always got to keep your investors updated and he should have been focusing on, okay, how do I cut my costs? Didn't. So the moral of the story is there's always a wrecking ball. There's always a high and there was always a low. And when, it, when things are great, man, it's easy to raise money. There's a lot of cash going around. And that is 2018, 19, 20, there was so much cash flying around. Look at the uh, COVID, IPOs. How many IPOs were happening mm. during COVID? And all these businesses weren't making any money, but they were being valued at say 200 million, 300 million, $400 million. And I'm like, that makes no fucking sense. But what was happening, the founders were doing the IPOs, selling down stock and taking a crap load of money off the table. And what happens then? Mum and dad investors are left with a pile of crap and that's what's happened. So, uh, yeah, I'm uh, a little bit scarred by startups, and I think, <laughs> don't get me wrong, there's great startups out there. Yeah. But they need to look long-term and go, okay, how do I find a path to profitability within, say, 12 to 24 months, not three to four years? Where do you see the overspending, right? So, like, you know, if we talk about path to profitability, you know, um, we think about like burn rates and these kind of things yep. and, you know, you burn multiple. So yeah. how much revenue are we generating compared to how much we're spending? And if that number isn't, you know, um, above, you know, like usually what we're talking about in these kind of scenarios is companies are spending more than um, the revenue they're bringing yep. in, prioritizing growth. Where does that spend you? Is it like, you know, is it people just overspending on marketing? Oh, are they just everything. hiring people? It's like culture. Let's throw a party. 
yeah, let's go okay. do a, like an Audi. I'm like, you were literally burning other people's money and you're going out on, uh, you're throwing a massive party for $50,000. That shit drives me mental. <laughs> I, I understand they want a great culture, but it's not about throwing parties. It's about driving the business forward and building a winning company, not getting pissed on a Friday night. Or the founders or the senior management team are traveling, traveling internationally or, or locally, but they're spending ten, twenty, thirty thousand dollars on traveling. Mm. You don't need to do that, and that, that shit drives me mental. And there's a few companies at the moment that are making people redundant. And if you look at their social media, they'll throw in massive parties throughout COVID for the staff, and that's fine. That's that's your business, but when you start laying people off, you go, did I make the right decision, spending all that money during COVID? on all these events and travel and traveling the world? Probably not. Mm. So it's a combination of culture, and I use that term loosely, um, overstaffing. If you look at it, Facebook, they've just let go. How many people yesterday? I think 7,000 yeah. people. Yeah, it was on top of what they've already done, which was... Amazon's just done it as well. Atlassian is now doing it as well. And wow. I, I said this 12 months ago, they're gonna have to start doing it. You can't scale that quickly and maintain productivity. It's practically impossible. Mm. I think they, they put on thousands of people during COVID. And that's great, it's a great business. But to maintain productivity when everyone is working remotely, I don't know how that, I don't know how that is possible. So now they're making people redundant. Uh, Google's making people redundant. Like it's just, like I said earlier, what goes up must come down. I think things are gonna get worse until they get better. But remember, it's gonna go down again. And what's going to happen? It's going to come back again. It's just a cycle. So I think there's, uh, in my opinion, there's like two parties at the moment. There's companies that are, you know, experiencing a lot of growth right now. Yep. You know, during, you know, what we would say is this tougher time, a bit of a downturn. Yeah. Um, and maybe they're in years one to two or maybe one to three and, you know, their products, finding product market fit and they're really kind of pushing, um, to, you know for that growth still and then there's companies that might be a little bit further down the line they're a little bit more mature and mm. they're kind of in that position that you're saying now where um, they've got a decision to make um, you know maybe growth isn't as high as what it you know can be in those early days how do those two parties navigate because i know it's a they're very different situations is it this you know are they kind of making the same decisions like does the company that's ex experiencing growth have to you know slow slow that down and think maybe you know, we, we, we want to start, you know, um, getting some cash in the bank and, yeah. and, and keeping cash there. Um, Look, that's a good question. I think, I think there's going to be pain for at least 12 months. Um, but if I was a startup, I would allow for 24 months. So allow for 24 months of pain, if not longer. So how can I survive for 24 months without the need to raise for capital? Or maybe I can raise capital, but maybe I have to lower my valuation. But my objective as a founder is, okay, I've got, this is my revenue, this is my overheads, how can I minimize my overheads? And how can I generate more revenue? Is it by releasing more products? Is it by doubling down my sales team or investing more in marketing? So I've got a few startups that I've launched myself. There you go, it's a phone. There you go. Um, but my objective is, okay, my expense is gonna stay X. I need to generate X amount of revenue by month six. And then from there I go, okay, I can survive on a half million dollar investment to get me to profitability. Like I've always got a clear plan of how I'm gonna do it. And then if, I, if it's a six month plan, by month three I'm, I'm falling behind, I'm like, okay, I reassess, maybe I need to cut some overheads in the business. But thankfully our businesses are quite profitable, so we're okay. So if, if one's failing, I can prop it up with some other cash from another business. But if you're a startup founder and this is your sole business and you're either using your own money or other people's money, then I would be very cautious on what you're spending right now because there is pain coming. Yeah. And so an example of that is like, you know, if you're, 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 in a, you're the founder of a startup, you're operating the business yeah. and, you know, maybe growth is coming in quite quick and, yeah. you know, you might be running at like a 5 to 10% margin at the moment. Oof, it's lean. Lean, right? Yeah. Um, but you're experiencing that growth. So you can kind of, you could keep operating that way yeah. unless something... Are you talking obvious. about yourself here? Huh? Is this, is this your business? No, 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 no. It's, it's, um, but then, because uh, I'm just thinking about like, 
the the natural conversations that I've had, you know, with founders, and you know, if they are at that ten percent margin, yeah. but you can kind of get away with it when you're growing, yeah. because you've always you're bringing on more revenue, more revenue. Yeah. You would you say that the next step for them is to kind of go, okay, well, we want to start to push to that twenty thirty, you know, and and you know try to grow revenue um, at a greater amount than what our expenses are growing? I would back yourself. So before we kicked off this um, conversation today, early on I mentioned I started my current business during the GFC. And it's probably the worst time to start a business during the GFC. But I came in, my overheads were minimal, if anything really. And I came in and as my competitors were pulling back on their marketing and pulling back on their spending, I came in and undercut every single person in the industry <laughs> and, and took their clients. So I said, thank you very much. So I would be more aggressive in this time as I am with my businesses. And I'm like, no, no, as my competitors are cutting back, I'm like, no, man, I'm gonna double down. How can I take more market share in this industry? So if you back yourself to, to generate revenue and bring sales in a door, oh, mate, double down on it, go for it. But if, you're, if you don't back yourself, then you've got a real problem. If you can't do it yourself, then you've got to find someone who can help you to generate revenue. But to me, in a downturn in the economy, there's always an opportunity because people get scared. And when they get scared, man, you go harder. And mm -hmm. I love that. And especially because there's like, not, there's almost more for these bigger companies to lose, right? And that's why they do cut back. Yeah, the bigger, correct? Yeah, correct. The bigger companies, they've got a share price and they have to hit certain numbers. So when they've got 10,000 people and they're losing money, they have an objective, they have an ability, no, objective, they have um, a duty of care to the shareholders. Mm. Whereas I'm not in that space, I'm not, I don't have 10,000 people. So my objective is to grow, but they've got to go, no, we need to make sure our expenses are lower than our revenue. Mm -hmm. um, at the moment, Facebook, burning cash, but during the, uh, COVID period, they hired thousands of people. They overhired. Amazon hired lots of people because everyone was sitting at home ordering online. So they hired all these workers to facilitate the work. But now everything's open up again. People are going to shops and buying. So they're not using Amazon as much at the moment. Mm -hmm. So they have to cut. Same with Google. So I understand why they have to cut heads. But then you look at uh, Twitter. Twitter's a whole different beast. And I've been quite vocal about my support for Elon. Yeah. He came into Twitter and they were burning cash and they're still burning cash, but not as much as they were. But there was a, there's a video of a, of a Twitter employee who basically did the life, uh, the day in the life of a Twitter employee. I'm not sure if you've seen this video. Yeah. And this employee comes in, she, uh, she gets herself a, a green juice in the morning, does a bit of yoga, chats with colleagues, then goes to a, I don't know, a um, meditation like a, room. Yeah, it's like a 10.30 yoga or something. And I'm it? like, I, it, this is mental. <laughs> yeah. Like to me, the harder I work, the more I achieve in life. So if, if I'm going to work and talking to my colleagues for three hours about my weekend and meditating, I'm actually not doing much. So I understand why Elon came in and, and cut all these people because they were completely overstaffed. And then a lot of these employees went online and said, the Twitter's gonna go down, it's gonna turn to shit, it's gonna go offline, and what's happened? Got much better. It's, nothing's happened. It's probably improved. Yeah. They're actually getting more out of their team members Yeah. because people that stayed probably wanna work. So I think a lot of these larger companies were just completely overstaffed with people that were taking advantage of the system. And that to me is like, to be fair, if you're not working, a full eight hours a day, you shouldn't be there. Yeah. And the rest. And, and the rest. <laughs> so with my, um, with, with my team members, I'm like, guys, they know that I expect a lot from them. But I said, look, from nine to 5.30, I need you guys working and I'm working with you. Outside of nine to 5.30, you do what you want. I don't care, that's your life. But to me, if I'm paying you for an outcome, I need to see the outcome. And a lot of these people at larger companies, you gotta wonder how much they're actually working. Let's, let's be honest. So uh, th these cuts were necessary, and a lot of people are gonna hate me for this, but they were probably necessary. Um, but the people that work hard in these larger companies, you're actually covering for these people that don't work. And to me, if I was working my ass off, that would piss me off. 
that I'm doing all this hard work and you're not. Yeah, it's so true. And I, I remember I heard Jordan Peterson say one time, he was actually talking about business, yeah. um, but he was kind of mentioning that, you know, 10% of your people will always generate 90% of your it's value and your, and your revenue. And yeah. I think, like, you know, in, in those times, like Twitter, like all of those companies did it, you know, when COVID hit um, and, you know, capital was just flowing through the economy and there was, you know, money printing going crazy, um, they can get away with it. Yeah. But it's the, you know, that, that kind of same law still applies, right? Is that there's this excess that is available, meaning that, you know, the value that can be created is diminishing per employee in yeah. a sense, which Mate, is crazy. I've got, a, I've got a, a mate of mine, I'm not mentioning his name. He worked for Facebook and I'd call him in, he'd call me, I'd go, what are you up to today? And this is 11 a.m. in the morning. <laughs> He'd be sitting in his spa with his drone, just cruising, like just playing with his drone at 11 a.m. in the morning. <laughs> I said, what are you doing today? He goes, oh, I've got a meeting at 2 p.m. and that's about it. And this is a Wednesday. <laughs> and I'm like, what? And he goes, oh, I might watch a bit of Netflix at four. And he was getting paid some serious bucks. I'm like, that is insane. And I'm just thinking, when he's, as he's talking to me, I'm glad you don't work for me. And I'm like, because if you did, you wouldn't be in your spa at 11 a.m. in the morning playing with the drone. It's like, almost like, you know, there was, it's like too many managers, you know, in a sense. Like, too I feel many like, layers. Yeah, like, you know, the, the manager's got a manager and Correct. the person at the bottom does all the work. Yeah, and that's one of the biggest issues with larger companies. There's too many layers and everyone's trying to handball to the other manager or to the other person. Like, no, no, it wasn't me. Like when there's layers and layers of management, you can hide. And I always say when, when, I, when we interview people in our company, just know that you can't hide here. <laughs> we, we actually say that. Like, like we say, look, um, everyone is basically held accountable for a certain KPI and you can't hide. So if you want to hide, we're not the company for you. But if you want to be part of something that's winning and delivering an outcome, this is the place to come. And end of the day, people want to be part of a winning team. Yeah. They want to win. And if a company's not growing, they're like, what's the point? The right people, right? Like if you bring the, the right, right people, people in, like, they'll, they'll, yeah, they yeah. want that culture. Yeah, if someone wants to hide, you don't want to work with me. Um, <laughs> even when people are working from home, because we do um, hybrid work, like if someone's not answering their Slack for four or five hours, they're like, hey, come on. We know, and they go, we're in deep work. I'm like, yeah, we can see, because we, we have a system that manages, monitors all their um, progress. Like, hey, come on, you're taking advantage of the system here. And like, yeah, okay, I was, I was out doing stuff, right, right. And they said, that's cool, just let us know you are. Mm. Like, just let us know that you're going to be out because if someone's trying to get in touch with you and we can't get hold of you, then you're letting everyone else down. Yeah, that's, that, that kills me. That, like, the non- Kills me. The communication, and if you're like, like, what, like five hours. Kills me, mate. It actually kills me. I had someone message, I was messaging someone last week, didn't get back to him, I'm like, and I, I, rang their manager and said, hey, is, I won't mention his ass, is John at work today? He goes, yeah. I said, okay, just a heads up. And then I didn't want to get a guy in trouble. And I'm like, hey, paying you for an outcome, I need you to be on, on, yeah. not walking your dog. Yeah. So, and it really kills me because as like you, I've got big ambitions and I've got big goals and I need everyone driving forward for that. Um, so the, and actually, I'll tell you. So in a few years, I want to probably potentially do an IPO, and with that IPO, key staff members and, and managers will be looked after financially. Yeah. So if you're part of the winning team and you've helped, you, I'm going to look after you financially. Mm. What do you think people can learn from Elon? Like, what do you think the guiding principle is here? You know, because I feel like he. Oh, mate, he's a beast. He's a beast. Yeah. He's a b <laughs> but like, he came in. He didn't care what anyone's... And I think that's one of his superpowers. Is yeah, he just does, does not, not give care a shit. He does not care doesn't what you think of him, anyone. I love, and I love how he doesn't care. He just goes... I like how he came in, brought the kitchen sink. <laughs> and, then he go, and then he goes, everyone's coming back to the office. Yeah. And people go, no, no, I'm not coming back. Fine, resign. And to me, if you've, if you've been working remotely and the employer asks you to come back to the office because he wants you back... You have a choice. You can either come back or not come back. And if, a friend of mine who um, he had his staff working remotely during COVID, full time, and he goes, 
guys, we're going to come back to the office now. People move down to the coast, too far to travel. And he goes, look, let's be honest, it's, it's not my problem. You moved down there. I didn't ask you to move there. I, I want you back in the office. And they go, no. He goes, then it's not going to work. You have to resign or I'm going to let you go. And with Elon, he goes, everyone's back to the office. I think half, more half the uh, team resigned. Mm. He gave them like a severance package as well, which looked was really... Him. I think was, three months. Yeah, yeah, it was crazy. Like he's, he's looked after them. Yeah. But it's just because, just because the holiday's over and you can't have your green smoothie at, as soon as you arrive and your meditation and your yoga and all that. I was like, come on, you're here to work. I think he's an absolute beast. He's done, he's got Twitter, he's got the boring company. Starlink, which is unbelievable. Uh, Tesla, obviously, and um, uh, SpaceX. And there's probably a few more that I haven't named. He's an absolute beast. And the moral of the story is always back a successful entrepreneur because they want to win and he wants to win and he knows how to do it. Team, if you're loving this episode and you want to help support the show so that we can continue to grow and share the wisdom of amazing individuals, please remember to go hit the subscribe button. You have no idea how much it helps us. Team, just a short break. I want to say a massive shout out to our major sponsors, BizCover. They are a big reason why we get to do what we do every single week. These guys are professionals. They care about your business and they care about the business and startup community, which is something that I really love and a reason why we chose to partner with them. And plus, they make the process of getting your company insured super seamless, which is really important with such a tedious process. I've been a customer now for 10 years. I have made claims. It has been super easy. Uh, and, it, you know, with, as I said, with such a tedious process, these guys are the best in the business. As part of the Startup Diaries community, uh, they have given us a promo code, which is Pivotal25, getting $25 off your business insurance policy, make sure you head over to bizcover.com.au. The link is in the show notes. Get your company insured with a great company. We'll head back to the episode now. Do you think, because I look at that and I go, like a lot of founders and, and you know, even you, you will constantly have this battle in your head. Like I feel like Elon, you know, he's just bull a gate and obviously he's been doing it for a very long time. Yep. But when you've only been in business a few years, it's like coming in and just going, you know, all right, we're cutting, you know, we're 50% layoffs, these kind of things. Like what, like for founders, what kind of advice do you have for that situation, you know, where... For taking over a business? Yeah, not in, just in general. Like, you know, there's these tough decisions to be made. And we, you know, often in business, the mistakes you make are the ones that you've put off for a, yeah. a while. And yeah. like people do this too late. And, you know, and then there's like a side question to this is around wokeism. And oh. like, you know, <laughs> how this is making its way into, yeah, you know, society, society and culture. and Yeah, yeah look... I'm guilty of this. I, I, I hate letting people go. Like it's to me, I'm like, I'll, I'll sometimes procrastinate and, and delay the situation, especially years ago. I still like, oh no, I'll give him another chance. Mm. I'll give her another chance. I know she can come good. 99% of the time, they never come good. If someone's not performing, you've got to make a decision and cut them loose mm. because you're doing them an injustice by keeping them in a position they're not suited to. And... To me, you're just taking money out of my wallet. So if you're coming to a business or it's your own business, you've got to make tough decisions quickly. So assess the situation, put together basically an Excel doc of, okay, strengths, weaknesses, who's amazing, who's not amazing, what do we doing right, what they're doing wrong, and go, this is what I need to do to fix it, and this is who I need to cut and keep. You can do that in a day or two. But assess the situation over a few weeks and then make the cuts. Yeah. We were looking at buying a, I mentioned, it was a, it was a tech company, had about 100, 120 people burning cash. And it's on the market. And I, was, I came in, I'm like, to come in, I would need to cut at least half the team. I'm like, I don't really want to do that. Like, it's just, it's just something. I don't really, I don't enjoy doing it. I don't really want to do it. The business, not even the people, the business is a mess. Like it, financials are a mess. The tech stack is a mess. They've got decent revenue, but it's a mess. And I'm like, do I have the energy to do this? And I'm like, no, nah, I don't. Um, but if you've got the energy to do it, it, it could be a great business. 
but it's that's a whole it's a year-long process um elon has the energy to come in and cut people but he's remember it's it's not him he has a huge team behind him yeah that's doing it for him he just goes this is what we need to do make it happen i haven't got a huge team to do that for me so i have to come in and do it myself i'm like i don't want to do it interview after interview. Yeah. yeah 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 but the moral of the story is if you see a problem jump on it but be respectful when you do it yeah now woke society it, look uh, this is an interesting one I, I didn't see the issue with wokeness up until recently and now i'm like oh, come on guys sometimes you've got to make tough decisions and they have to be done yeah but it's like people are like, oh, it's going to hurt their feelings. I'm like, yeah, but what about my feelings? I'm a business. I've got a business to run and I've got decisions to be made. And if I don't make these tough decisions, the whole business can go under. My, my theory is if you're respectful, respectful to people at work, I need to let people go. And if someone's no, not suitable, I'm like, hey, you're not suitable and this is the reason why. So wokeness is, is an issue. And it's, gonna become, it's getting, becoming a bigger issue. So it's like people go, uh, this is a controversial subject, women should be paid the same as men in sport. And my theory is if a, a female sport generates the same amount of revenue as a men's sport, absolutely they should be paid the same. But comparing the NBA play, male players to the women, it's a completely different beast. The men generate a lot more revenue, so how can you pay the women the same? It's not possible. Mm. So, but in I know my office, for example, in the uh, business environment, if a woman does the same job as a man, 100% pay the same. If they generate the same amount of revenue, pay the same. I don't, it's, for me, it's not based on gender or race. It's like the best person for that job deserves to be paid what they deserve. Yeah. So most of my managers are female. Uh, and I'll be honest, because I find they're better at it and they're more organized. Yeah, yeah 100%. Honest with you. Yeah. Like, uh, so for me, it's the best person for the job. Um, but when it comes to wokeness in, say, sport and et cetera, that's a whole different beast. And uh, it's a whole controversial, you know, the It whole is, yeah, topic. it's a controversial topic. It is a controversial topic. It's an interesting one, that. Like, I kind of think... I look at it in a bit of a different lens. Like, yeah, it's no, like, it's good. No, this is the debate. Yeah, it's... And not, not... Like, I think it's more of an investment. Like, I think... Like we're not at the state. It's like a startup, right? They're they're a startup, you know, and they're at the phase where they need to be invested in. And sometimes you got to pay overs, you know, to be able to push that forward. If that's something that you know, if that's a a venture that um, you know a society wants to invest in, then sometimes you do have to pay overs to get there. Now, within a you know, that's there's parameters. But there's the question is, who's going to pay? Because remember, this 100%. is hundred percent. This is a private entity. Yeah, hundred. It's not government owned, so. You're expecting the, the owners of that company to spec to pay more. I'm like, is it going to come out of your back pocket? Yeah, no, no, 100%. There's, there's parameters there. Like yeah. when I say overs, it's like 10% above what they might be generating compared to that, that kind of even layer in a sense. Um, if it's government funded, I understand. But as a business owner, I'm like, it's my job to make a profit for my company. So I, there's two sides to this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's the, that's, for me, that's the woke... Uh, like that's the, the the misunderstanding, you know, where it's like wokeism is there's no consequence to the yeah. decision. You know, there's no there's no, you know, oh we can just keep everybody and everything will just sail on yeah. very well. Yeah, yeah. Like there's a you know th there's a consequence of keeping people on, yeah. which is you know with Elon going into Twitter, there's a consequence um, for him coming in and saying we're going to try keep everyone on board. We're going to do this. The company was was like losing like two million a month or something, you know, if or even more, more. If not more, yeah. If not more, could have been four. Yes, it's why I'm like, you had to make the cuts. He's a, he's a business. But, but people who, uh, we've got someone in our business overseas that wants to be called they and them. I said, mate, I don't care what you, call, what you want to call yourself and we're happy to oblige. It's your prerogative in life. Um, but I just want the best person for the job. Black, white, yellow, tall, short, fat, skinny, I don't care. Best person for the job mm. gets the job. And if I'm not the best person for my job, then replace me with someone. So, man, it's always... I don't get into the, the politics of things. I'm like, I don't care about it. I just, want, I just want to do good work and have good people around me. That's mm. all it is. And sometimes you have to let good people go as well, just because that's, the, that's, where, you, that's where your company's at. You know, like I'm sure there was some people that Elon had to let go. Now, he definitely kept his best people, yeah. right? But there would have been, you know, good people that he would have had to let go. 
just because of the structure that was needed to obviously take it forward. Yeah, I'm just what do you to, think on that? What's yeah, your, I, look, have I, I've let good people go before. They were good at what they did, but they they weren't the right culture fit anymore. Yeah, okay. So they were great at what they did. I'm like, man, you, I know you're great, but I'm like, you're pissing a lot of people off. I'm like, I'm, I'm trying to help you here. So I just need you to tone it down a bit. And we had one person a couple of years ago when he, he, he was amazing at his job. He always smashed his sales targets, but he would just say the most inappropriate things. And I'm <laughs> like, you just can't say that. And like, there's going to be HR issues. I'm like, I can't protect you because what you're doing is wrong. Yeah. And we had to let him go. So to me, it's, there's two parts. Be great at your craft, but be a great culture fit within the business where you want to help people and they want to help you. Yeah. If you can nail both of them, you're a rock star. And what about talent during this time? So, so obviously... It's a, lot, it's a lot better now. Yeah, we're talking about like the wrecking ball that's coming. Yeah. Is talent an opportunity for startups, you know, um, and, and companies that can bring on um, and can hire during this time? It's almost a complete 180 compared to 12 months ago. So we have about 76 open roles in Melbourne at the moment. Um, only because of growth and 12 months ago trying to get some decent cvs through the door matt like was pu like pulling teeth out because there was so many opportunities out there and mm. i was on i was spending my nights on linkedin outreaching people trying to get them into the company now we post a job ad we're getting some amazing candidates coming through like amazing candidates yep. because all these tech companies have let a lot of people go yeah it's true well we're experiencing the same thing it's crazy right now. and and the borders are open, there's people coming through from the UK, Ireland. Like it's, I'll be honest with you, as a business owner, it's brilliant for me. 12 months ago, it was painful. Now I'm like, thank you very much, this is great. Because I want to hire the best possible people in my company. And 12 months ago, we had someone, I'm actually not, people go, I'm getting paid $100,000, I want $150,000 now. I'm like, huh? <laughs> what? Yeah. What are you talking about? This company's offered me 150, you either match or I'm walking. And 12 months ago, I would have considered it just to keep them. Now I'm like, man, I'll be honest with you, walk, I can, I can hire 10 more people. Yeah. So you haven't, got me, you haven't got me handcuffed anymore. So, and a lot of business owners I know, they were, they were handcuffed, like, what do I do? I've got to pay these people a lot more money. Otherwise, I'm gonna lose them. I'm like, now you don't have to. So, from a downturn, there's also pros for some people. Um, and I said to you earlier, what goes up must come down. And this had to happen. The interest rates rising had to happen because inflation was out of control. So there's always going to be a correction. But in probably two or three years from now, it's going to be a, a gravy train again. So, but in the next two or three years, just manage your cash flow correctly. Yeah, so final verdict then. For, for, for founders, people in the startup yeah. right now, what's the final word from you? Obviously, we've had a good you know, a conversation about it all, but what's the drive home point right now that we can finish with? If you don't have a product or service that's in demand, like it's, it's a nice to have, but it's not, I don't fucking need it, you're in a bit of trouble. Like it's a nice to have product right now, it's gonna be very hard to sell. So you need to make sure your product is no, they need it, and this is the reason why. So maybe relook at your value proposition and relook at your sales hooks and manage your cash flow and your expenses. If your staff aren't at capacity or at least 90% capacity, find out why and either bring them to capacity in terms of their workload or make some tough decisions. Like with, with what I sell, people need my service, whether it's marketing for their business because if they're not found, they can't generate business for themselves. So what I have, you bloody need. And with Removify, which is another business we have, if they get a bad online reputation, it completely damages their business. So what I have, you need. So I like businesses that, no, you need what I have. Because in tough times, we're still gonna survive. And that's because those nice to haves will always be the first ones cut from Correct. You know, someone's wallet. Correct. Like a. There was someone pitching me the other day, a social listening business. A what? Social listening business. So listening for their brand name in social media. Yeah. 
<laughs> it's, a, it's a nice to have. Sounds cool, but but it was like they were they were quoting oh, I don't know, like twenty thousand dollars. I'm like, man, it's it's not a. I don't really need it. It's not going to change my game. Just because someone's mentioned my brand name doesn't mean it's going to damage my business. Uh, and I go, I said to the guy, I said, how many have you sold in the past three months? I said, be honest with me. He goes, none. And I said, what are you getting paid salary-wise? I, I, asked, I asked very personal questions. Yeah. Um, he, he didn't have to tell me. I said, like, what are you getting paid? He goes, I'm on $150,000 base. I said, how long can you go without having to do sales? He goes, the pressure's coming from the, the top dogs. It's a large company, 7,000 staff. Remember, if you're not delivering an outcome, what's going to happen? Eventually, you're going to get cut. And if you and I said, look, you've got to get more aggressive with your selling, and really understand what your value proposition is. Because when, what you sold me was like, eh, I don't really need it, man. Mm. So I think he goes, oh, shit, I'm in trouble here. And I wasn't trying to put pressure on him. I just was trying to make him realize that he needs to be better at his craft and yep. really sell the need better. It's so important, like and, so and important. understanding who you're talking to. Yeah. Like, what you know, I'm I'm doing all the sales for our company at the moment. Man, you're doing the sales. It's good. Yeah. Grinding. Yeah. I love well, it. That's what I that's what I feel like I'm good at. So, As a founder should. Yeah. And I and, and that, but that's the biggest thing that I can say is that what I'm noticing now, like we've specifically targeted a certain segment of the market, mm. being you know I'll be transparent with our listeners as well, like you know podcasting over the last three years if you think about like a lot of the the big companies they're going after creators and influencers and yep. trying to monetize the advertising yep. whereas we really think the next big opportunity and the next big wave to come in is businesses and so we specifically built our service not for creators not to make money on advertising yep. but to deliver something unique to business owners yeah and when we're having that conversation they're like oh wow you've really thought about us you've really and and we've then they're going, we, we know what their needs are. Mm. We know, you know, um, what their pain points are. Yeah. And we're literally communicating that to them. It's not a hard sell, but we're just going, well, you know, they're like, oh, well, what about this? And I'm like, no, well, we've got this. Yeah. And they're like, wow, you've really thought about that. And I think that's what you're talking about is, you know, really. It's ne a need. Follow that need. And yeah. you can, like, we sell the same thing as a lot of other people, but it's packaged differently. Yeah. You know, like. Where, you know, there's a lot of similarities, but yeah, yeah. we package it differently to make it valuable. Yeah, correct. So it's basically, like you said, it's how you package it. So if we give you this, this is what you can get out of it. You can generate X amount of business. You can grow your business like this. You can get these sales and so on. Like it's how you package the solution. Mm. It's so important. And people, when they pitch me, I'm like, man, that was, that's either, that was fantastic. I'm like, what you have is what I need. Or I'm like, yeah, that was average. So... I, it's funny when people cold call me and they're trying to sell me stuff. I'm like, I'll actually put, I'll listen to it for a bit. I'm like, yeah, you lost me. You didn't, you didn't sell it to me well. So I was driving home the other night and they, they called an O2 number, sorry, from Sydney. I thought it was from Sydney. Some guy from overseas trying to sell me stocks. I'm like, you just lost me in 30 seconds. Yeah. So sell me, man. I was like, sell me. So it's so important. Learn how to sell and sell the need. And then from there, you can grow your business. Super important for startup founders. Super important. Yeah, especially during this time. Man, this is what makes you a better operator when there's a downturn in the economy. I, like I said to you earlier, I actually love it because it makes me go harder. I'm like, no, no, I don't want to be complacent and the business goes backwards. I'm like, no, no, Nick, you need to double fucking down. Kick some ass because your competitors are not. I'm like, okay, go harder. This is what I'm going to do. So I put a bit of a plan of attack in place. When I can see there's, there's a downturn in the economy, I go, I'm going to increase this marketing spend. I'm going to make sure the clients get extra love. I'm going to make sure everything is on point. Mm. So I come out on top. Oh, we were kind of talking about this before, but I was saying how this is like the first downturn that I've experienced as an adult who understands Showing what's going age, on. Huh? Right? Showing your age, man. It's good. Yeah. and But like, you know... you it's funny like I, I research a lot of this stuff right and it's i'm reading about it reading about it but even at the top in you know say 2021 i was still oblivious to what was going to come next mm. even though that if you had to ask me in that time i would have said yes because I, I understand it but to execute an action but once i started to feel it happening i kind of you flick that switch as well and you go yeah. okay like we can really there's an opportunity because this is if you look at like google facebook 
all of the unicorns, they were all built yeah. in downturns. They were all built in yeah, those true. tough times. Yeah, they, yeah, and yeah. So, though, so, so those, you know, um, and, and it's funny, you look at companies that were built outside of that and they the success rate or even the... Um, the level that they get to is is much less than say some of those companies built in that downturn. Look at the um, buy now, pay later industry. That was a gravy train. Mm. Like they were, they were raising money, raising money, IPO in, blah blah blah. Now a lot of them are, they're in deep shit. Mate, I, I made an investment in in one, um, and this was you know right at the peak of of, so of COVID. So did I. So let's talk about it. It went at, no, but it actually went bananas, yeah. and I'm lucky I sold. Uh, I sold because it was like, you know, I'm talking like in three days it went. You know, the the stock price lucky was you. up eight. It went from a dollar to like eight bucks. That would um, have been either that probably was either Zip or um, or Afterpay. Open Pay. Open Pay, which yeah, is obviously the, no longer with us. Yes. Yeah. But yeah. I like. Uh, they got the eight bucks. Yes. Wow. Seven bucks. Seven bucks. Wow. Seven, I, didn't, I, didn't I think it was that. like seven twenty or something. But then, like it, like it, it came down just as quick. Yeah. So obviously they're no longer with us. Yeah. I um I was on the zip. Oh man, zip got me. Even that was. I a, made I made a lot of the money. the same time. But then I got greedy. So I was I was up. I was killing on zip. I'm, I got I got greedy, and I bought back in at the top, top end because I saw afterpay was valued at one hundred twenty bucks. My. Yeah. There's more left in Zip, and now I think Zip, as of today, is around seventy cents, and I'm down a crap load. Of, <laughs> but that's on me. Yeah, I, I made a dumb decision. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I think there's a lot more pain in that industry. I don't think any are making money at the moment. So, like I said earlier, how do you get a path to profitability? Because raising money, especially when your industry is a little bit tainted at the moment, it's gonna be very hard for you. Mm. There's one of the startups I invested in. 2020 I believe they're raising money again at the same valuation which annoys me because it means I'm diluted even further and you shouldn't be doing that but mm. they've got no choice if they want to survive they have to do it yeah so I understand why but it's like you're killing me here mismanagement yeah so I would rather exit the business it's it's yeah I'd rather exit a bit and just be done with it but I'm stuck in it yeah there's a few that I'm stuck in at the moment I'm like oh, what am, I, what am I doing? You'd be you'd be loving the next wave coming through, though, right? It's, yeah, if you're holding it's about to start. If you're holding cash, there's a lot coming. So yeah, in, either in property and businesses, yeah, it's hold cash, man. There's a lot coming. Yeah, I think I said to this earlier on the previous podcast. Yeah, yeah, we did talk about it. Yeah, hold cash. So I'm I'm just holding, waiting for the stuff to come. There's a lot coming. There's even even in the US at the moment. There's a lot of opportunities coming across my desk at the moment a lot of them are crap so be very selective with who you invest in like be very selective i don't do pre-money um valuations i only invest in companies that have revenue and can show me growth and the founder's got a good head on his shoulders or her shoulders yeah so very important but if you can man if you actually if you to the listeners out there if you do have a bit of money in the bank property especially with interest rates rising. If you can, if you can buy some property. Yeah. If not, obviously, just hold your money. Be careful of stocks and crypto and all that jazz. Yeah, it's still very unknown, isn't it? Yeah, man. Crypto is a whole different beast. It yeah. could be anything, but it's just like you just you don't know. It, during these times, it's too, too difficult. <sighs> I had a chat with, with a crypto guy on Monday. He goes, oh, crypto is now mainstream. I said, it's not. To me, mainstream is I can go to Kogan.com and buy a product with crypto. At the moment, I can only use it on dodgy websites to buy, <laughs> to buy things. Yeah, it's I can't, where can I use crypto? So to me, it's not mainstream. When it becomes mainstream, I can buy things online across the board. Then I'm like, yeah, then it has legs. At the moment, to me, there's no legs. Mm. That's off topic, but yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. my theory. No, no, I definitely agree. I think, I think it'll come. I think it's just going to take a lot longer than what we actually It's think. a long time, man. It's a long time. Yeah, Nick, I want to say a massive thank you for your time. No, no, for I think me. the reason I asked you is, um, I know you cut, you know, you, you cut through and you, you you say it how it is, and I think that's what's necessary when we're talking about, you know, the topic we just talked about, which is what founders need to do. We're in these uncertain times, um, and I know you 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 know that's the reason I asked you to come on because I think um, founders sell something, sell something, deals 
solve problems. They don't, they don't, a lot of founders don't realize that. Mate, just sell some shit and make sure what you deliver is on point and you're fine. It's actually not that hard. I think there's like a, you know, there's the skill set of selling something profitably. You know, like you can sell something, but can you actually then deliver on it profitably is another one that, that I think is like, True. it's like, that's huge. Um, and something that even myself, we're working you know, really hard yeah. in the background, like really diligently with our tech stack to make sure that we can, first of all, track this so that yep. there's no leakage, but going as hard as we can to make sure that, you know, if someone's spending $1 with us, you know, after the product, that's 66 cents. And then, you know, once that's gone through the business, it's 30 cents. But where a lot of founders lose money, especially when they're selling a custom service, and you guys sell a custom service, mm. I presume. If it's too custom, you start giving things away for free. So this is what you get. This is the pizza box. This is what you get in the pizza box. But if you go outside of the pizza box and start giving this and this and this to the consumer, then you go, ah, you give an inch, they're going to take a mile, yeah? And they, they, they're expecting more and more and more. You're not charging for it. You've got to charge for your time. Your time is valuable. Yep. And a lot of small businesses that sell, for example, websites, like it's very hard to make money on selling websites unless you own the, the platform. They just keep giving and giving and giving. And the, the, the customer's going, yep, keep giving it to me. Otherwise, I'm going to leave you a bad review. It's like, no, 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 no. I'm going to have charge for this because it's my time. So you've got, to, you've got to push back on customers, but obviously be respectful. But you've got to make sure that you charge for every single piece of your time, whether that's a product or service, nothing's for free. And you've got, I think, yeah, 100%. And you've got to understand your time as well. Yeah, like, and collect money, and collect money. I think you talked about this earlier. Yeah. Make sure your collections are on point. Yeah, we were chatting before about this before. Super important. If you can, do direct debit. If you can't do direct debit, make sure you're- Hassle. You're, yeah, 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 you've got a hassle. Payment terms are seven days. Obviously, larger companies want 90 days and that's fine, but on day 90, I need that cash. And during that time, remind them, hey guys, just to remind, gentle remind that we need, obviously, payments due. Yeah, cash flow is king. Um, we have a receive, account receivable team. I'm like, guys, talk me through the collections every week. Um, have you made the calls? Have you done the emails? I rewrote all our zero templates about two months ago. Yeah, you were saying. Game changer. I, I, I spiced them up a bit, made it a bit more funny. Um, one of the things basically, hey, we're surviving on two minute noodles, can you help? <laughs> Type of scenario. Yeah. Collections increased by 20%. Yeah, wow. Just because small things. Like and and it, it took me an hour to do. Yeah. Stuff like that. Yeah. It's so important. It's hard. It's one of the hardest parts about business in the early days cash flow yeah but in these tough times everything needs to be on point because businesses don't want to pay because they've got cash flow issues as well yeah it's a cycle everybody's correct yeah they're, they're like i don't want to give you money so i'm like you need to make sure everything you do is 100 percent amazing yeah mate a massive thank you to no, you for your time man. i appreciate it. i know you're you know busy and 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 you know um, managing a lot of businesses and so on. So I appreciate your time and I know that everybody would have appreciated your uh, advice for these uncertain times that you know we're all navigating at the moment. So much appreciated. Uncertain times, but there's a lot, a lot of opportunity right now. Yeah. So take advantage of it. Yeah. Cool. Love it. Th Thanks, hope man. you guys enjoyed the episode and we'll see you next week.